This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Well, we are going to go to our panel now. As you just heard, we were talking to Ben Eisen from the Fraser Institute, and he just completed a very thought-provoking study that basically says that Doug Ford's government's deficit-cutting strategy actually is very much the same and mirrors what was done in the Dalton McGinty years. Uh, all I can say to that is, is, ouch, I'm sure they would not like that comparison. McGinty raised spending by 1.4%, Ford by 1%. And uh, what the Fraser Institute is saying is that taking the long approach to getting rid of the deficit raises the risks that there will be some problem in the economy uh, and raises the te- will raise the debt by tens of billions of dollars. So I would like to chew over over that, among other things happening on the provincial level. So right now, let's bring in our panel, Crestview Strategy Senior Consultant Ashton Arsenault, Fleischman Hillard, High Road Senior Vice President and Senior Partner John Capobianco, and political commentator and journalist Tom Parkin. Welcome to you all. Thanks for joining us. Hello okay, there, Libby. Libby. Okay. Hello let- there, fellow panelists. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with Ashton. Uh, what do you make of this Fraser Institute report? Yeah, look, it's certainly interesting uh, in terms of a report when you compare the numbers, because it all does look quite similar, the numbers, but the numbers aren't the only story here. Uh, the report, of course, doesn't get into the billions of waste under, under the McGinty years, nor the scandals which followed. The report doesn't go into how the previous provincial government essentially cooked the books and went so far into the red, it'll take years to get back to the black. The report also doesn't go into much of a policy comparison, uh, comparison as a nuance, sorry. Uh, I mean, I feel like we are leaving a few things off the table with this report. Um, the approach and amounts to deficit is one thing, but what about reduced red tape? What about liberalized gaming laws, beer, wine, spirit sales, ending public sector waste, finding efficiencies in the healthcare space, putting the entire province through a line-by-line audit? I think the McGinty-Ford comparison only goes so far. Okay, John Capobianco, what do you think? Uh, I totally agree. I, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, you, comparing the McGinty t- uh, time with respect to uh, to what Premier Ford has done in, in his almost first year anniversary uh, is... Um, Tomorrow. Know, yeah, exactly. Uh, is apples and oranges. That's an understatement. I think I think at the end of the day, you know, people are going to, and I have a lot of respect for the Fraser Institute. I know they do good work, um, but there's a lot of a lot of issues and a lot of areas that they haven't focused on. Um, but just to say that and to criticize the fact that the Ford government has um, proposed a 1% uh, spending increase versus what, what the McGinty's did with 1.4%, and given the fact that what 
Premier Ford has done uh, from a policy perspective and his first year in government compared to the work that uh, that uh, the McGuinty government slash Wynn government have done in 15 years, uh, I think does uh, does the, the, the Premier a huge disservice. I think the work that he's doing uh, and the fact that he has already made a claim that um, that he wants to take time and, and bring the deficit back, I think is responsible. I think that, you know, you, you, you would criticize him, you'd have critics, if he decided to do it, you know, within a, you know, within a year versus those who um, uh, believe that the right way to go is to do it over a course of a period of, of a number of years and do it responsibly. And as the Minister Fidelis always said, the Goldilocks approach, not too fast, not too, uh, not too, um, uh, uh, slow, but somewhere in between, which I think hits the right spot, which is what he's proposing. Well, yeah, except what the Fraser Institute says, Tom Parkin, is that this approach doesn't really work. And <laughs> the bottom line is uh, the deficit does not get slayed. There's more money on the debt, and uh, there there are more risks. Uh, Tom Parkin, you're on the left, so uh, I can't imagine that you agree with the Fraser Institute, but what do you make of this. Uh, politically, what I make of it is uh, is that it, this argument from the Fraser Institute is trying to create exactly what John just summed up, that somehow uh, the extreme cuts to health care and education that we're seeing, uh, cutting to autism uh, funding is just as one hurtful example of all that, that this is all somehow, you know, Goldilocks, that this is the in-between solution. So the Fraser Institute has done them the fine favor of uh, putting out there the really radical solution. Fraser Institute, of course, is, um, you know, run from sources of money unknown. Uh, they have a, a long history of advocating for extremely small government and uh, deprivatization, taking away our public services, uh, cutting uh, minimum wages, uh, deunionization. I mean, this is an extreme right group. So, you know, if, uh, if they create an extreme right uh, narrative, I guess the Conservatives are happy to not see, be seen as quite as extreme as that. Just, I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to interject, Tom, and I think most people would agree that the Fraser Institute is, is pretty right wing, but they describe themselves as independent and nonpartisan. Just putting that out there, please continue. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and I suppose they do describe themselves as that. Unfortunately, we don't know where their money comes from because they don't tell us. But the thing about the Fraser Institute and the, and the Ford government is they, they never talk about, what they never talk about is that they are doing this cutting so that corporations, polluters, and high-income earners can get a tax cut. This has been what's driving a lot of the cuts under McGinty and under Ford, this constant erosion of public finances because corporations are getting... The corporate tax rate in this country has declined by... has been cut by half. The corporate tax rate has been cut by half in about the last 20 years. We have less money coming in. It's more being paid by you and I as individuals. Uh, and, of course, there have been other tax dodges over the years as well. So this is why our schools are declining. This is why our health care is under more pressure, et cetera, et cetera. That's a, that's yeah, but that's, that's neither metaphor nor I suppose we're not going to consider the one, job one, one at a time. It says what, a lot about them. One at a time, please. Uh, yeah. uh, John, jump in there. 
Oh yeah, sorry, Libby. I just, uh, you know, my, my good friend Tom, you know, raises a lot of points there. But I, I think at the end of the day, what we have to understand is that after 15 years of liberal mismanagement uh, and of, of, of overspending and, and of, of raising taxes um, and, and driving jobs and, and corporations out of uh, out of this province, uh, it's refreshing to have somebody come in and, and, and Premier Ford who actually has one single focus, which is to open up Ontario for business and is to create jobs. It's to create a climate where corporations can come in and flourish and do some issues. Now, there's always going to be issues and there's always going to be some stuff, but after 15 years of, of bureaucracy enlarging, of schools where enrollment uh, decreases by uh, by 1%, but yet school by education funding increases by 15%, um, things have to change. And yeah, there's going to be some tough choices that have to be made and are being made, but if we don't do that, we can't change, we can't turn the ship around and we need to. This province has to get on a better footing. I but would say uh, since we have the lowest per person public financing of our of our government services like healthcare and education in the country here in Ontario the lowest per capita spending on healthcare is in our province Ontario we are the cheapest province uh, in in healthcare in our country this is what corporate tax cuts have bought us over the last 20 years and you guys just want to add on to it things are going to get worse and worse and the individual taxpayer is going to have to pay fuller and fuller freight on lower and lower quality services. This is uh, where we're going. Ashton Arsenault, John was talking about uh, schools, as was Tom Parkin. Uh, I think there was a bit of a PR victory for the Ford government in that uh, while this, the Toronto District School Board was threatening cuts, threatening to send layoff notice to teachers, uh, we found, or Brian Lilly of The Sun found, uh, that they were going to spend millions on the most expensive smartphones. Yeah, I would just, uh, before we move on, I just want to say, while I respect Tom, I suspect we agree on next to nothing. I'm not going to malign the Fraser Institute because there's a ton of good and very intelligent people that work there. But history has proven time and time again that when you reduce taxes, you create jobs and stimulate the economy. And I don't need a Fraser Institute report to tell me that. But what I will also say on on the teachers, this is a prime example of what this government is trying to do. There are wastes in the system that need to be addressed. If you are a teacher's union and you want to spend $4.5 million on top-of-the-line cell phones, which, by the way, that money isn't yours, and you cry foul when scrutiny finds your doorstep, then we have a problem. Okay. Actually, the problem here is journalistic integrity because Mr. Lilly has has produced a story uh, that was just – that was not true. Uh, He produced a story replicating a story that was created by the minister – that was based on no interaction with the TDSB. The story is that a RFP was created and then canceled because the TDSB canceled it uh, before it ever got fulfilled. Mr. Ford and his government had nothing to do with this story, and Mr. Lilly writing it up as if that were the fact is wrong. Uh, the TDSB has no power to, uh, to levy taxes. It is getting cut. Our schools are getting cut. The classrooms will be getting larger. Some of the classrooms will be converted to online training. That cheapens the education of our children. This is Mr. Ford's agenda. And then he throws out some distraction about a kind of fake news story about cell phones. That's just not good enough. Fake news, Tom. 
It's not fake news, and and to hear you calling it fake news is quite interesting and 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 quite revealing. But <laughs> listen, it, it's um, it, it's not fake news. In Leave a that to of, Donald Trump. Well, you know, when it, quoting Donald Trump from Tom Park, I thought I saw the day when when that'll happen, but I'll I'll be able to reference that Tom for some time. But um, look, you know, it's not insignificant. You know, the Toronto District School Board, um, you know, trying to buy four thousand uh, top line iPhones is insanity. But John, um, and at the time the when Tom, at a time now when they've been asked news. to look for, for, for cost savings and they only canceled the procurement because it was made public, that's shameful. Well, the, the, okay, exactly wait, I'm going to, wrong. Let, me, to let me jump in here because we have to take no, a break. Nothing was ever put out to public. It was, it was determined internally before it ever became public, before it was ever discussed externally, that that was not a good idea. Just read a few of the tweets. It would be great for you to care about schools and children as much as you care about beer. Or another one, why spend our hard-working tax dollars on a frivolous issue and a lawsuit? And another one, I'm a taxpayer. I don't honestly give to flying blah, blah, blah if I can't buy beer at the corner store, but I do care if there are cuts to education and health care. So, Ashton Arsenault, uh, was this just a mistake? Ashton? Hello? My apologies. Sorry about that. Uh, Libby, I don't think it was a mistake because what the government tried to do, in fact, was inform uh, its voters that, quite frankly, there's a better choice to be had. Uh, and the government has often pointed to uh, essentially an oligarchy system that was set up by the previous government, which they're going to tear down and destroy. Uh, the reality is this is an issue that voters pay attention to. And just like every other policy decision in the world, there will be detractors to choices that are made by a government. But I think we can all agree that the debate's gone a little off the rails when you've got an NDP MPP referring to Joseph Goebbels oh, uh, in, in discourse. So, uh, you know, um, I, I, th- I think it's gone a little over the line, if you ask me. OK, you know, we have that clip waiting because this 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 part was over the line. Uh, Justin, could you play it, please? You guys just pull that number out of the air and say it over again and hope that if you say it long enough, people will believe you. I think it was, uh, I was going to say Joseph Stalin, but that's their friend, the Bolshevik, that they're very friendly with. But uh, what's his name? Uh, German Second World War. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. How can it? Joseph Goebbels. It was Joseph Goebbels who was a uh, director of communications. It was a head of communications, among some other very other nasty things that he did mm-hmm. uh, in the Second World War, who, as a propagandist, used to say, if you say something often enough, loud enough, eventually people will believe it. Okay. Uh, invoking the Nazis a few days before D-Day, uh, comparing it to the Ford government with uh, the beer store, Tom Park, and then this was uh, Gilles Bisson. Tom? Yeah, Mr. Ford, you know, has a, an incredible political savvy for leaving no beer unturned. You know, and that seems to him to be about as deep as politics gets. But politics actually matters in real people's lives. This is the problem. And it is more what than about what Bisson was just saying there? Beer. What is important in people's lives is having a good school to go to, having a hospital that they Tom, can rely I'm, on, I'm having a road about... that they can drive on, and having transit that they can get on. So yeah, all this nonsense, all this propaganda, 
that Mr. We're, Ford puts out on a continuous basis. Okay, but but I'm Mr. asking you Gilles about Bisson the NDP MPP. Yes. About Jill Bisson invoking the Nazis on this beer store question. Mr. Bisson really is, is correct that this is a pro. Oh, wow. Wow. To take us away from what is truly important to people. See? So, this is the issue. This is, uh, sorry, but this is the issue. This gets me so frustrated, right? This is the issue. No, it's not the refuses issue, to address John, that issue. Exactly the it point. is repugnant that somebody would, would refer to that on any debate, what's, mentioning what's anything, Tom, going quite frankly. And for you not to sit there and say that you renounce and, and you, you, you absolutely abhor what he said is, is shocking, quite frankly. And, and no, to say right. that, you know, uh, the propaganda that the Premier uh, mentions to have even any sort of sense from, from that in, in comparison to what uh, Mr. Basalt uh, said is, is crazy. It, it really is. And it, it just it, it demeans the value of, of the argument. It's one thing for you guys to argue policies, and, and that's all good. And I, what, I can't imagine that for, it, but, Andrea Horvath would be on board with what he said. Well, but that's the thing, though. Libby. This is the concern, right? The NDP, uh, you know, whenever they can't get their way or whenever they're not, you know, they have to, they have to resort to those kinds of tactics, which, which is what puts people in Ontario off, quite frankly. You know, you could disagree with the Premier on policies, and that's fine, but to, be, but to, to make those kind of comparisons, it, it's just, it, it's beyond politics, and it's beyond what people in Ontario deserve from, from any, any elected official, quite frankly. Tom, Really? Are you standing by that comment? Real people are suffering. Their schools are getting cut. Their health care is getting cut. Our transit is slowing down. This is real. And you guys are talking about something that happened in the, in the, in the legislature. That's, that's not that important. What's Tom, it is important. People's it's important people's lives. The people of Ontario. And your government is worsening I, I, the quality of life in Ontario. I, I, I would have to jump in here, and I would just... I, I'm a little dumbfounded, frankly, but... Are we are we actually making an argument right now that trivializing the systematic murder of millions of Jewish people is not worth discussing or no, apologizing please. for? Because the last right. time I checked, no, we're Mr. not. Bisson, so we Mr. Mr. Bisson made an apology, yeah. uh, and you know what? I think it was warranted, and frankly, I'm glad he did. Right, um, but. You seem to be taking a different approach. I'll leave wow, that. Wow, I mean, this is uh, th- this is, and you you would think at the very least that people would have the sense not to invoke this. I mean, Never. I don't know. I'm uh, frankly uh, dumbfounded by that as well. Let's take a call from Lori in Oakville. Hi, Lori. Oh, hello. How are you today? Fine. I I couldn't believe that Nazi remark either. I uh, uh, I don't know what's the matter with the NDP. They seem to oppose anything that anyone else is for, and all they come up with is insults and and this. This is atrocious. And yet they never had. They don't agree with anybody on anything, and they have nothing to suggest to help out. It just uh, it just sort of really throws me. I don't understand them at all. Well, this, this, you this know, they have they they have a plan, and a lot of people do agree with it. But I think uh, that that comparing the beer policy uh, to Joseph Goebbels is really beyond the pale. Oh, I agree with you. That's 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 horrific. I, I you know, I can't uh, I can't even finish it, one of the books on the subject because I get I get feeling ill halfway through it. Okay, and it Lori. just horrifies me. Thanks for your call. Okay, let's get back to the panel. Uh, but uh, is all of this just a distraction, John? 
Uh, well, it, 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 I don't think it's a distraction. I th- at the end of the day, policies, um, no matter what government's in power, are to be taken serious and, and to be debated and discussed. Um, but I think what, what you're seeing here is a premier who is focused on making sure that, that you know he is putting forward a plan that he was elected on, which is for the people. Uh, and you may disagree with them, but but you know he feels that uh, the beer store uh, uh, contract uh, was just a, a wrong uh, and uh, ill 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 advised uh, policy back in the day, and he wants to change it, and he wants to allow for people to have uh, the freedom and the access to be able to. Act. That's part of his policy that he feels he was elected on, and he's putting even, it through. Even the Chamber of Commerce has come out and said that they that while they agree with him on that note, they think that canceling a contract that was done in good faith and is in force is, is the wrong way to go. Well, and, 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 and they can do that, and that's their right to do that, like any other organization. But, uh, but you know, if a contract is bad, uh, as it clearly was, um, you're going to just keep it going because of the fact that it's, it's there. And if you, can, if you have the power and the ability to be able to change it and, and make it better and give more access and more choice to the people of Ontario, then why not do it? Yeah, I would just say that these are policy decisions. And I, you know, I had a good look at the previous deal that the government signed. And, you know, essentially what we have done, and again, I, I will repeat the word, we've, we've set up an oligarchy, uh, in a province that is trying to become more economically competitive, more open towards business, drive down tax rates, create jobs. And as it was written, that contract does everything but. Um, so I can understand yeah, it, why it has drawn the ire of the government. Right, except doesn't cancel it, first of all, send the wrong message, and also open the government up to uh, damages. It very well may, and that's a calculus that I'm sure they have made at the Ministry of the Attorney General. Um, the reality is, as they continue to drive down taxation rates, particularly at the corporate level, to uh, go back to what Tom was saying earlier, it will make uh, Ontario a more attractive place to invest. And hopefully that leads to job creation. I'm sure that was the calculus going into this. Okay. Uh, we are beginning to run out of time. John Capobianco, what would you like to leave us with in 30 seconds, please? Well, I just think that, um, uh, you know, the premier is going to continue on uh, on the path that he's on, which is to uh, to fulfill his promises he made and he got elected on. And I think that's uh, that's important. And I think people will will appreciate it down the road. You saw the credit rating going up and you're going to see a lot of good things and jobs coming to a, uh, the province of Ontario, which is badly needed. OK. And Tom Parkin, 30 seconds. Well, if you think that cutting health care and education is going to great get us a better society, I completely disagree with Mr. Ford on that. Uh, what we what we're seeing is a, a time when we got expanding inequality. More people are falling behind, and Mr. Ford's priority is cutting our important public services, cutting minimum wages, and giving tax benefits to the wealthiest people in our society. This guy is a hundred percent in the wrong direction, and he has to be fought. And these little distractions that he throws out, they're just they're exactly that. And we just got to move forward. Okay. Well, I don't think he was the one with that particular distraction. Ashton Arsenault, also thirty seconds. Yeah, I would say one thing we haven't highlighted is that there's a there's a Liberal Party AGM coming up this weekend uh, in Mississauga, I believe. It'll be interesting to see what they come out of there as uh, perhaps uh, they'll move beyond the uh, the party of the minivan. But uh, with respect to the NDP, uh, they've shown over the last week that there's a reason why Ontarians don't trust them to govern. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. The government's got a clean mandate and three years of runway ahead of them. 
I think you'll see a lot of dramatic moves, and it'll all be with the economy top of mind, and I, for one, am looking forward to it. Okay. Thank you so much, John Capobianco, Ashton Arsenault, and Tom Parkin. Uh, right now, we are out of time. People, if we couldn't get to your call, remember Free For All Friday is coming up. And by the way, tomorrow is the first anniversary of the last election, so I'm sure we will be talking about that. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.